0: Welcome, folks. It's another edition of Desperately Seeking Entertainment. I am your one of your hosts, Chris Peterson. I am so excited this week. We've got a lot of stuff to chat about. But first, as always, let me introduce my co-host, Mr. Ben Foley. How are you, sir?
1: What's up, Chris? What's up, Internet? I am ready to dig into mad stories. It's been a couple days. It's been a minute. Chris... Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Uh, nothing important has happened since November or uh, January fifth, has it? Yeah, I don't nothing, know. I nothing been, at all. I haven't been keeping up <laughs> on the news uh. <laughs> or so, anything. Yeah, nice quiet January to ease into our twenty twenty one. So, welcome. <laughs> if you made it, if you made it this far, congratulations. You made it through twenty twenty. Uh, You're
0: here. That's the important thing. We, exactly. Yeah,
1: we're we're about to we're about to you know knock on wood we're about to make it through month one of this year so let's just keep it let's keep the streak going <laughs> one month at a time one, <laughs> one month at,
0: exactly exactly one month at a time uh folks if this is the first time you're joining us uh what ben and i like to do with this podcast is basically take a look and see what's going on in the world of entertainment for the past week and bring some interesting stories news hot takes uh to this podcast but the kicker is i have no idea what ben's got on the plate For me and he's got no idea what's on my mind either so what you're hearing is a genuine conversation nothing is pre-planned uh which is the way it should be so it should be an interesting conversation but uh ben why don't you kick things off for us my man what do you got
1: all right so i was going to start one way but then yesterday happened um (laughs) you know we will um i'm going to talk about sports the world of sports um so you know with the whole COVID thing it's been hard to ingest sports, people to play sports, people getting sick. Uh you know, teams not playing, some teams getting bye weeks. It's been a nightmare, right? But here we mm-hmm. are. We have our Super Bowl. We have the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh I watched both games yesterday. Exciting exciting games. Uh mm-hmm. You know, of course, there were some controversial calls like like the Packers kicking that field goal at the end. That was so in real time. we were all screaming at the TV like, what are you doing? And, uh, you know, you got Aaron Rodgers like four yards out. Just just do it. Um, interesting take. Uh, but, you know, of course, the, the big story was people up here were heartbroken because the Bills didn't make it to the Super Bowl for the first time in 26 years. But the big story, Chris, your buddy, my favorite Tom Brady <laughs> going to his 10th Super Bowl now. My take, I mean, this isn't really a take. I mean, win or or lose, um, it only solidifies his, like, dominance over this position. In my book, Chris, I know you'll have a different take, I think. But, like, (laughs) um, I mean, it's just ridiculous. Here's a guy that came in, and you just thought, you know, all right, well, he's just going to ease into retirement. Almost like the journeyman thing, like, like Brett Favre did. Um, You know, hop around, go to the Jets, go to the Vikings, do like, you know, a couple of things here and there, but then really retire, you know, get paid where a lot of players do, you know, because Brady actually has taken a pay cut over the years a bunch of times to get players onto the Patriots. But here we are, the, the, I can't even say, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers off their season with famous Jameis Winston uh, throwing 30 and 30. Here we are in the Super Bowl. It is a shocker. Chris, what are your am I wrong? Is that the hot story of the Super Bowl, or is there another angle you want to take it?
0: I mean, how can you, it's, it's really, um, there's no other take you can, you can make. I mean, you know, very rarely do you see these guys who kind of do like the, the all in maybe one or two more years, the new team just to get that last ring. Very rarely do you see it work. And, uh, Brady made it work. I mean, I'm a jets fan. Uh, I I can't stand Tom Brady with every fiber of my being, but I will be the first person to concede that he's the greatest football player of all time. Period. Now, a lot of people want to say Jerry Rice, a lot of people want to say Lawrence Taylor. Those are great, great players, best at their positions of all time, athleticism, the whole nine yards. But when it comes to dominating, uh, winning, um, you know, there's there's no there's no other choice for number one. It's Tom Brady. Right. And this. I mean, even though, like, you know, the Buccaneers made all these moves to get all these guys, you know, it's not like they brought in a ton of, of the same type of player, like these talented players, like on the last year of their peak or whatever it is. You know, they made some moves here and there, but it wasn't like they were trying to assemble a dream team to get to the Super Bowl. Um, they already had a lot of homegrown talent. Their defense, which was mostly drafted, is ridiculous. Um so the pieces were there. Just, they just needed a capable, competent quarterback and the greatest, <laughs> the greatest of all time. Um, and sure enough, they made it the Super Bowl. Now, are they going to beat the Chiefs? I, who knows? I mean, the Chiefs, I got to be honest, Ben, you and I have watched a lot of football in our lifetime. Yeah. This Chiefs offense might be one of the best things I've ever seen. Um, yeah, They are scary. It's scary. And the Bills, to their credit, and I know we've got a lot of Bills fans that listen to this podcast, um, again, great defense. You can only stop so many guys, and uh, the Chiefs just has so many weapons, and it's just so impressive to watch them dismantle this Buffalo Bills defense. But um, yeah, no, Brady ten Super Bowls. Ben, there have been fifty five Super Bowls, and Tom Brady has been to ten of them. That's that's ridiculous. on one fifth Bowls. of the Super Bowls, an entire <laughs> decade of Super Bowls. And Tom Brady has been to them. Um, it's ridiculous. And uh, I just, you know, you just yeah, you just have to do the, you know, we're not worthy. You know, you just have to bow down yeah. to the greatness, you know?
1: You know, I mean, and you brought up great, great players from the past, right? And everyone likes to do those kind of like lists of, you know, who who are you going to put in your starting positions? Like mostly in baseball, they do it. But in uh, football, I mean – is there, at this point, is there any other choice of any other quarterback you're putting on your all-star, you know, Madden team of all time or something like that? Nope. Like, as far as, and it's really simple things he does. Like, it's it's the things like clock management. Like, how many times have you watched a team and they just, like, uh, for example, the Packers, you know, where they just botch the end of the game. Like, you're sitting there four yards out and then you just overthink things. You're like, oh, okay, well, we will got four minutes and uh, we, we'll get the ball back. It's like. No, guys. <laughs> like you're about to <laughs> hand the ball to Brady. Four minutes to go. He's just going to eat that clock like Pac Man. It's like, and we've seen it time and time again, especially Brady, Belichick. They're just clock management. And that's the other thing, Chris. I mean, that's the storyline is Brady's to the Super Bowl without Belichick for the first time. I mean, prove the world wrong. You know, everyone, right. everyone up here. Well, listen, I'm in, <laughs> you know, being a Patriots fan up here, <laughs> I'm in the wrong state. Uh, people, I mean, you don't want to say people like are slinging death threats, but, uh, people are not a fan of Tom Brady up here, to say the least. And, you know, that was the first thing is like, you know, when he would have a terrible loss, like to the saints during the season It's like, Oh, see, you know, Brady can't do it without Belichick, you know, and Chris, you know, this might be just a Ben Frawley original. Do you, I, you know, I always thought this about the Patriots and they used to do crazy stuff during the regular season. Like they would lose to the Colts like big time. And then they would beat their ass during like a, a snowball or something like that. Um, do you think there was some uh, some fuckery going on as far as Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks throwing some game not maybe not throwing games but at least letting them you know like all right we're going to lose this game let's just let them ramp it up so they think we're nothing so when we face them again or maybe throwing some plays that they don't normally throw I I mean just the way that Brady just is coasting Through this, And I say coasting because he had three interceptions, but they were off the hands of Mike Evans. Mike Evans needs a talking to. Like, if the kangaroo court in that locker room has to be outrageous because (laughs) Mike Evans is buying everyone drinks. Because two of those interceptions were directly off his hands into another defender. It's just crazy. So, I don't know. Chris, uh, do you think – do you have any weight in that? Like, where they knew they were going to make the postseason and they kind of messed around. They definitely sat people. You know, they would sit Gronk. And, like, you wouldn't see Gronk for, like, games. And now he's here and just – tearing off a 30-yard pass when they need it, it's pretty wild.
0: Well, with Tom Brady, you know, you, there's nothing that you take off the table. I mean, you know, I, I use the term cerebral assassin often with certain athletes, and he just knows how to play against teams better than any football player I've ever seen. Um, so, yeah, like if if there is – like here, here's a good example. Like with those two Saints games, you know, they were kind of out of those games Pretty early on, like into the second half, so it's it wouldn't be surprising to me that if during those games, Brady was gonna you know say screw it, like screw this game. Let's not even you know try to show you know what we can really do. Let's not you know open up that last page of the playbook. Let's save it. Um, you know this team got progressively better the last five six weeks of the season, so you can really see them start to come together. Um, you know, keep in mind, you know. Top five quarterbacks of our lifetime, Tom Brady, Pitt Manning, Drew Bees, Aaron Rodgers, and then I don't know who you want to put in the fifth there. Uh, But Brady went through two of them to get to the Super Bowl and back to back. And and really, from his from his standpoint, dismantled both of them. I mean, you know, the way he carved up New Orleans and Green Bay's defenses um, was ridiculous. So. Yeah, you know, whatever trickery, I mean, you remember, this is the guy deflaking, you know, this is, um, right. you know, I take nothing off the table, like whatever, <laughs> whatever conspiracy theory people want to come up with for Tom Brady, I'll I'll commit five cents to, you know, because right. he's just that well, type of guy.
1: Not even deflaking, I mean, you have other gates, like the, like the tuck rule, everything like that, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, you have a lot of things where the game has changed because of this guy. Because he is just in the postseason all the time, I just think that when you're in the postseason that much, those are the games that people pay attention to, like whether it be referees or you know review review booths or anything like that. So it's just it's wild how much the game has shaped around this. And he, you know, and of course, it's definitely right, right place, right time. If Tom Brady is Tom Brady, wouldn't be a quarterback in the 80s or the 70s? There's no way you had to be like a hulking Terry Bradshaw. And, you know, like throw guys off you as they're trying to break your fingers in the huddle or, or in a <laughs> scrum in a scrum somewhere on the field. But right. like, um, you know, Tom Brady, like you said, like cerebral, not the most athletic, not the biggest quarterback, not the fastest quarterback, but just clock management. And so many times, to- like my favorite Tom Brady play, I don't care what game it is. And actually, I saw Josh Allen do this a couple times is when the play is broken up, he just throws it at a defender's feet, which must be just killer it must just kill their motivation to keep playing because most quarterbacks oh i'm gonna scramble i'm gonna get out of this you know you I mean do a cam newton or something lose like 20 yards or something like that like where he just throws these all right it's dead dead play and he's just like all right on to the next thing and it's just so smart and it's like yeah why get hurt why risk a sack in this just throw it right down and it's just i don't know chris it's gonna be a great game i don't know what my prediction of the game is yet because too close to call. I mean, the odds have to be, like, really close. So, right, right. Good stuff. Well, good football, though. Good,
0: good football, though.
1: Good football. And, uh, oh, this was my follow-up. So, Chris, we got football ending in a couple weeks. And, you know, college basketball is going somewhat. It's still kind of sketchy out there how long that's going to last. Um, but, Chris, you know who I'm watching? You know, you know what sport I'm watching that carried me through baseball? What's that? Hockey, buddy. Mm. So, my neighbor Ryan, big Pittsburgh Penguin fan. And you, how, how much, do you watch hockey at all?
0: You know, I'm a,
1: I'm a I am ai can watch the game. Yeah. I mean, obviously,
0: we went to a college that hockey was the big time. So, yeah. went to a bunch of those games. I enjoy it. I don't like watching it on TV. I would much rather, it's one of those sports I would much rather be there than watch yeah, it on TV. But course. I, I yeah, you online, know, I cheer yeah. for the Bruins, obviously. So, anytime the Bruins are doing well, I'm, I'm usually all in.
1: Well, like these penguins, Chris. They've had four, like, so I think they've played like maybe ten games. Four of these games have gone to overtime, two shootouts, and like four come from behind victories. Wow! And we're not talking, you know, like so. The other night I tuned in; it was three to one Rangers, and I'm like, and and normally in hockey, that's that's a death sentence. Like you're (laughs) like might not might as well. Like this is like in the second, like at the end of the second, three one. They tied it up at the end of the second, took it to overtime, won in a shootout. Like these guys are off the chain. You got Malkin, Sidney Crosby. They got this lineup is out of control. But I, I think they like coming from behind because there's been so many games like three, nothing, four, four, four to two. You're like, four to two. No one's going to come back from that. It's been outrageous. So, Chris, if you, if you catch them on TV, highly recommend checking out the Pittsburgh Penguins to, to hopefully bridge the gap between football and baseball because uh, pitchers and catchers report soon. So, there you go. Yeah, dude.
0: Love it, man. Good stuff. Way to open the show. Um, so for my first pick, Ben, you know, we had some um, some good some good new TV come out yeah. the past couple of weeks that I got to make sure we talk about. Um, WandaVision Woo! is now up on Disney Plus, first three episodes, um, which, uh, you know, gracious. I mean, again, I love a lot of people, you know, want all the entire season all at once. I don't mind, you know, the, the weekly updates. It's, it's I'm fine with it. Um, but Ben, this is an interesting show. Have you seen the three episodes?
1: Of course. Of course, of course Chris, I've been, I've been jonesing for Marvel for a year.
0: I mean, course. my God, you, you, you see, you, you turn it on. The first thing you see that, that Marvel logo, I, I teared up. I was like, oh my <laughs> new Marvel <laughs> content. Thank God. I mean,
1: I mean, we, we, we were so spoiled. We literally went from years where they'd have two, three, four movies in one year, including <laughs> right. Avengers Endgame, which was like the gone with the wind of superhero movies and then nothing for a year. I've been dying inside.
0: <laughs> it's been awful, but it's back. It's, yes. it's really serving as the kickoff now for a lot of Marvel content, which is coming out soon, which is great. But Ben, you know, for those of you who've seen it, and I'll put, I'll put the, the spoiler alert yeah, here. Spoiler. Um, it is uh, a confusing show. In, a, in the best way possible. Like, I have no idea what's going on. Um, I think I have an idea of what the situation is, but I who knows? Um, and I'm digging the slow burn. And I've seen a lot of comments online from people that aren't happy with the show. And that are saying, like, it's too confusing. It's too out there. I want to see. I want to know what's going on and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know what? Like, has the art of the slow burn been, like, depreciated in value with, streaming and just getting everything at once in the way that we're entertaining now by having what we want now rather than later on. Ben, what's your take on WandaVision and, and the whole slow burn aspect? of
1: it? I love this ride. Love it. I love how, just like with baby Yoda, I like how we're waiting week to week, mm. you know, so we can actually sit back, dig in some Easter eggs, look at what the internet is saying, where we might be going. Um, Chris, you know, of course I have theories like crazy. I know what happens in the comics. Um, but these guys, they keep switching it up. There's already a couple changes to the comics mm, okay. already like happening. So I, I don't want to break down the show. Like I won't spoil the, sp- <laughs> I won't do a double spoiler. <laughs> I don't want to break down and spoil what's going on, but I have some pretty good theories. Now, Chris, I'd love to hear your theories of what's going on.
0: Well, you know, it's funny. Like the trailers at first, I thought, especially with vision dying in infinity war, yeah. um, uh, I thought this was all in her head and it was like her way of dealing with trauma and grief and stuff like that. And having like a mental breakdown because mm-hmm. I mean, we, the first time we see her in, in the MCU was in that prison cell um, in age of Ultron, so to speak. But, right. um, but now with the third episode where she literally throws out the woman, like out of the reality, so to speak, I'm getting a lot of like Truman show esque vibes uh, to it, so to speak, where she's she's enclosed in this, um, you know, virtual reality simulator or whatever it is, uh, community like, you know, so a very getting very much of a Pleasantville slash um, Truman show type of concept. Did, but again, did, I have no idea.
1: Well, and I, I like that. So that the reference, well, we can talk about the show. So the reference to the chick getting thrown out of the reality um, was a big turning point for the show because you know so chris you know how you're talking about how people online have been like oh this show's too slow and what's going on this is stupid but, but, but you know it, it, we are so quick to judge because we're so used to burning through seasons of tv and just finding out answers right you know what i mean yeah. like oh uh wanda's in the matrix cool i don't care you know what i mean like i just looked it up it's all you know like spoiler you know but I, the, the art of the slow burn, you're right, Chris, you know, the, the, the long season, you know, the long season of dynasties trying to find out who shot Jr kind of thing is kind of behind us in this way, because we just want it. Now we want the answers to it. We we want to know who done it, who, you know, who's the serial killer. Uh, if the cops are going to catch the bad guy, we want to know right away. We want to be able to Google it and just do it. Right. And it's such a shame because the best shows that have happened ten years ago, Mad Men, Downton Abbey, um, and Breaking Bad, there wasn't really a who done it to that show. Breaking Bad, there's not like, oh, I can't wait to see what happens at the end. Like you're just <laughs> watching this character do messed up stuff. It's like you know what's gonna happen. It's not like I can uh, like spoil things in Breaking Bad really. It's it's right. it's about the ride that we're on, and I think people, while they're complaining. I get, I get their complaints because it's not what you're used to. Like Marvel has turned this on its head so many times. And this is the reason why DC is failing, failing at this, because how many times can you have an origin story? And even if you wrap up an origin story for your hero, how many times are you going to watch a bad guy's origin story? How, mm-hmm. like Oh, and then let's let's, you know, 25 years ago, like then we see like the bad guy get hit by his dad and now he's going to blow up the world. You know, Dr. Evil stuff, you know, Uh, where Austin Powers, we just watched rewatched all the Austin Powers is a great way that. That's why those DC movies don't work, because it feels like the origin story of Austin Powers and Dr. Evil. And how ridiculous those got like over, you know, and now Austin and Dr. Evil went to college together. It's like, but that you see that storyline unfold in DC movies. You like, Oh my God, your, your mom's name is the same name as my mom. I'm not going to kill you now. Like some stupid thing. And it's like, what are we doing here? So I think people need to chill out and just let Kevin Feige do his work because this ride will stop the out of control roller coaster of origin story. Just madness. You know what I'm saying? Chris?
0: Right. Well, that's the thing. It's like how quickly people forget how good Marvel is at doing this. And, um, you know, they know what they're doing. And by, you know, we're talking an over a decade's worth of, of brilliance um, has earned them the credibility for fans to just shut the F up and enjoy it. Um, I mean, I could count on, on maybe three fingers how many like, you know, maybe that wasn't well thought out you know, type of right. examples.
1: Um, <laughs> but usually it's, it's, it's something that's inorganic. It's like, um,
0: exactly. yeah. Oh,
1: well uh, what's his face had to bow out of war machine. Cause he was a dick on set, you know, Terrence Howard, you know, was just being an exactly. asshole. So we had to fire him. Like there's a, there's a couple things that happen, but it's like Kevin Feige soon, has a press release saying like, Oh, Don is joining us and everyone's like, Oh sweet. Yeah, <laughs> love that guy. Exactly. Right. So, <laughs> Good. It's an upgrade. Good.
0: I just I, I hate I I love fans of this stuff and I hate fans of this stuff right. because they get so uppity because there's they've been spoiled by the fan satisfaction of things like Endgame. Um to just trust the process. Trust the process, folks. Um, but ahead. we've
1: been let down. The same Marvel fans have been let down by Star Wars properties and other DC properties. We've just been let down so many times. No, I'm
0: so glad you're here to say that because, like, I was watching uh, – I walked in with uh, my wife the other day. She was watching Endgame uh, yeah. with my son, and they were, like, right about, like, maybe 10 minutes before the portal scene. Oh. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to sit down because I can't not watch
1: Because I scene. can't not cry today? Wait. Right. <laughs>
0: And sure enough, as soon as like you hear like on your right and oh, the portals shit. start opening, I'm I'm a blubbering mess <laughs> because I care about every single one of those characters. Now, here, Ben. Here's the funny part: I sat down and watched um, uh, Dawn of or not Justice League. Yeah. a couple days ago, just to get myself ready for the Santa Claus, I could care less about any of these characters.
1: <laughs> it makes it look like a, like a shitty, like, not even a cartoon, a shitty cartoon.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. I and mean, he said to my wife, I was like, I don't care about any of these characters. Like, if you kill Aquaman, okay, like, who cares? Like, I it, it just is unbelievable how different uh, Marvel has done this than uh, DC, and and the blueprint was so easy for to follow marvel in this regard um that um i'm just i'm just you know so you know perplexed but anyway anyway right. well
1: i mean and then there's you know the cw has done better with dc properties yes
0: yes the, the, way, way better, better. I, hey.
1: and I, i'm not going to st- i'm not going to tell you i'm not a big dc guy in general but like i've caught the flash i've caught um the green arrow the, uh, those are great shows you know what yeah. I mean? they're I'm in like I've watched like a couple of, I'll catch it on TV I'll, I'll, I'll sit down I'm like oh this show's sweet you know what I mean because they kind of change it a little just kind of like the Marvel properties on on Netflix they change it a little so you, you had to watch them it was great but I don't know Chris so anyway back to WandaVision. Um, so I'm going to say that Wanda the Scarlet Witch is one of the most powerful superheroes in the MCU. Mm hmm. Like, and we don't know that yet. She doesn't know that yet. Mm. She could single-handedly have killed Thanos and righted the world. Mm-hmm. She could have done it with a snap of her finger. <laughs> Literally, with a snap of her finger. She could have done it, but she doesn't know her potential. Um, so when she shot that girl out of the neighborhood, you got a sense that Wanda, not the sword or the Hydra are in charge of her. They might be, you you got a dynamic in the first two, like, okay, I get it. We're in the matrix. You know, they got her hooked up to like a, a wheelhouse somewhere so they can use her energy to, you know, create a super weapon or something, you know, something stupid that we've seen before. But that last part of that last episode really flipped it on its head. And you got a sense that the people that are trapped in black and white or in the seventies are trapped there because of her.
0: Mm, I
1: feel like an event happened. So not only did Vision die, Vision's dead as we know him is dead. He might come back in another form, but he's super dead. Um, And that was traumatic. The blinking red on the toaster in the first episode, that's an obvious reference to the Stark bomb that didn't go off when she was a, a kid. If you remember yep. that. Yep. Um, And it's all these traumatic things happening over and over and over again. And, once things start bleeding in, she, she writes the ship. She just says, all right, you're, you're done. Get out of here. And we see little clips of people coming in. And so one thing that was really in- interesting was um, uh, Catherine Han and the neighbor were talking next to the bushes. Remember Vision comes out and he's like, hey, what are you, what are you guys talking about? And they're like, nothing. Um, you got a sense that they couldn't tell him because they're scared of her. Not hmm. that they're acting and working for Hydra. They're scared of Wanda, and they're trapped, and they can't get out. It's almost like, do you remember, Chris, the Twilight Zone episode where the kid can wish everyone into the cornfield?
0: Yes. Yes. Yep.
1: It's like that. So she's that fragile that if you mess with her, she'll blink you out of existence. Love it. That's how powerful Wanda is, and I think that's what's going on. So this company that's keeping her with those giant force fields or something like that. They actually might be good guys keeping her at bay. We don't. We actually don't know. They might be using Hydra technology to do it, but that actually might be Shield. You know, a, a, some sort of new Shield that's using Hydra technology to keep her confined. That's my big theory of the show, because in the comics, Wanda does some crazy stuff. Like Wanda is more powerful than like I don't know who's the most like a Captain Marvel. Like cat, like Captain Marvel would be too slow. It's almost like when Thanos blinked star lord's gun into bubbles like that's the kind of power she wields without the reality stone she can just warp reality and it's great that they actually took her she has the hex beam and uh that uses the 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 red um reality stone color so i I think that's where we're going chris so uh any thoughts on that you think i'm you think i'm on
0: i think you're on to it and uh i'm in i'm in
1: like yeah, and I just you know what, and and I'm 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 excited for it to turn back into Marvel and we can start fighting people with laser beams and stuff. But I don't know, man. I the re- the the way I really the reason why I really like the show is I didn't want to show Deacon because I think he'd be bored.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He'd be bored like in a second. You know, probably the same with your guy. Like it, he'd be bored sitting there. He'd be like, all right, we'll watch something else. And that's good because now it's time for adult stuff. You got – you got a sense that phase four is gonna be filled with Doctor Strange, which is directed by Sam Raimi, which might be a slash like horror movie kind of thing. Like that they're kind of trying to not have be an R-rated thing. Like Deadpool's coming back. There's a lot of kind of heady things happening. And another thing about being origin storied to death is we don't also wanna be like, all right, we set up the good guy, we set up the bad guy. Now it's time for them to fight on rooftop, because we've seen that a billion times. We need to get more cerebral, just like Tom mm-hmm. Brady. That's a callback.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> Very nice.
1: Yeah, Chris, but what did you what did you think? You think it's great? You think it's working? Oh, yeah.
0: No, I love it. I love it. So I'm yeah. I'm all in. So we'll you know we'll see what where this goes. But uh, yeah, I'm all in. So all right man, what else you got?
1: All right, dude. Um let's talk about uh, let's talk about two things. So I want to talk about a couple music Music events that happened, um, and it's for older music. So this morning I was, quote, working, as I always do from home, and I did all my calls, my notes, and then I uh, made a little purchase, Chris, on Voodoo for $5. If you could read my mind, the Gordon Lightfoot documentary.
0: Oh, okay.
1: And let me tell you, so this came out, I'm a little late to the show, this came out like end of the summer last year, I was just catching up. And this documentary was awesome. It was so awesome, fascinating. Uh, Chris, are you familiar with the Lightfoot's work?
0: I, I'm not. I wouldn't say I celebrate the man's entire catalog, but I, I definitely like. I've I've heard multiple songs of his, and i like. Are you
1: familiar with the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald?
0: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> Such an awesome song. Um, so you know, he's a folk singer from the late '60s, early '70s. He is a singer-songwriter. He wrote for, you know, he wrote songs that were covered by the Mamas and the Papas, Johnny Cash, Barbara Streisand. I mean, you name it. Like everyone covers his stuff. Disco versions of his songs just out of control. Uh, so just kind of a pro- prolific songwriter from Canada. And I thought the documentary was great because it really focused on him. And it, you know, some of these docs that you see are kind of wrapped in scandal and you're waiting for this kind of crazy payoff. But Gordon is just like a fascinating character and you almost can't take your eyes off of it. And I looked up the scores, looked up the reviews. I mean, everyone loves this movie. It's at 80 something percent on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, high recommendation. So that's my first kind of music doc thing. Um, and then also, Chris, I don't know if you know this, but beginning of the month, it was the five year anniversary of David Bowie's death. Mm. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't know about you, Chris, but this world's kind of sucked since he's died. <laughs> so
0: he well, he didn't die. He just went home. You know, like I, oh, right,
1: to, to Mars, right? <laughs> yeah, um, he
0: just, he's on another plane, so Ziggy okay. Stardust. <laughs>
1: um, so David Bowie, they had this crazy tribute to David Bowie, and actually, I, I YouTube'd it, but they took it down. I don't know where it's available. It's a three hour David Bowie performance, hmm. um, of people covering his stuff. and Trent Reznor's on there doing a song, a couple other musicians, and when you see them, you'll be like, oh, I know that guy, and they and they did it. It was actually really great because. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame happened, but they had no performances, which is my favorite part of people covering the the people's song and they're watching. So in this one, they they had these giant TV screens on the stage where people piped in from home like the musicians and they all played in time together. I think sometimes it was some pre-recorded stuff and then (laughs) they would come and sing. And then uh, David's songwriting partner was up there playing or his longtime pianist was up there playing uh, for all the people. But, Chris, there's one performance and I don't know if it's online. I'll try to find it for you after this. Um so there's one song and it's like early 90s David Bowie I believe and it's this really crazy ballad. It's like it's it's like a ballad and David's going nuts in it. It's like I can't do it anymore and he's kind of screaming and I'm listening to it like I had the audio. And uh do you know who sings this song? Chris this crazy deranged David Bowie is Gary Oldman. Get out of here. And I listened to the audio first. I I made it to an MP3 and then I came home and I was just put it on. I was folding laundry and I'm like, wait a second. That's Gary Oldman. And sure enough, man, him, he's doing his best Bowie impression. Of course. And Chris, of course, Gary Oldman can sing. Of course he can. Of course he can. Of course he can. Not only can this guy (laughs) do a dead on impression of people. He can play like a white Jamaican gangster and true romance. He can play Commissioner Gordon and he can sing David Bowie. This guy's out of control. He's just some people are just better than others. I'm just just going to put that out there. And Gary Oldman's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So so uh Gordon Lightfoot, David Bowie being celebrated this year. Uh two in my opinion, two of the best singer-songwriters that have ever lived in modern music. Chris, what are your thoughts on Bowie before we get out of this segment?
0: I mean, gosh, you know, synonymous with the just artist, period. You look up the word artist, David Bowie right there. Right. Um, and there's only like, this is what I appreciate about David Bowie. And, I, and the longer he's been gone, the more I appreciate it. There is only, he is, he is a genre unto himself, period. Yep. Like we, you know, people can, you know, there's rock, there's, you know, with Beatles, there's been a lot of bands that have tried to emulate the Beatles. And, that, and their sound and impact has been, you know, ELO is a good example. Like most right. of their stuff sounds like the Beatles. With Bowie, it's by, it's, he's by himself. Like, that's it. And
1: Yeah, he's almost uh, the anti-Beatles.
0: He's almost the anti-Beatles. <laughs> right. And anybody, I can't even think of an artist who's tried to, to be him. But if there ever was, they've obviously failed miserably because, you know, nothing comes close. But yet his his ripple effect in terms of songwriting, um, style—I mean, it's just ridiculous. So I I love the guy. Um, it's a great musical if you ever get a chance to see it. Lazarus—it's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's a musical. Oh, he wrote and, that in his last year, that. right? Yep. Yeah. Um, outstanding. Uh, obviously because uh, it's got you know not only a lot of stuff from that album but also from his previous stuff like life on mars and stuff like that um so yeah no just just appreciate the guy and yeah i saw i don't know if you saw this there's a great um i don't know if it was a tweet i can't remember if it was a tweet or an instagram story or something like that but they basically showed jim henson's letter to david Bowie asking him to be a labyrinth was which was just like
1: Oh, no, I didn't see that. That's awesome. Oh,
0: it's 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 a it's a very simple note just saying, hey, Mr. Bowie, big fan. I know you're busy, but I think you'd really be great for this movie. Jim Henson, And that's it. And the rest is history. Uh, because, wow. You know, so to speak. But, yeah, no, I mean, he, he's he's just such an awesome guy. And, you know, that's the thing about I, that's what I appreciate about musicians like Bowie, where, you know, you listen to it and you almost discover something new about his stuff every time you listen to it so i I could listen to ziggy stardust i could listen to um some of his later stuff um 50 times in a row and discover 50 new things and
1: yeah um, yeah. i appreciate that you know you know and and as we're still trapped at home for at least a little bit uh he's a great guy to to dive into i mean he he has he has albums but I'm going to say he doesn't have a lot of albums. I'm going to say he has maybe 12
0: albums. Yeah, i going just say maybe a dozen if
1: the mouse. Yeah, like yeah. I, I'm going to say like 12 to 14 albums and that's from like 1968 to, you know, <laughs> 5 years ago. So and then there's a bunch of live albums in there and on Spotify, great run if you want to just tap into some Bowie and some great great music but so I don't they took this down recently like as of right before we went on the air um, it's a three-hour live show. I don't know if it's a pay-per-view event or you have to get it on Bowie.com or something like that. But this show was out of control. I'll try to find the Gary Oldman thing and send it to you. But um, the songs that they pick in there, we were just sitting there. We were doing a puzzle yesterday, and I was just listening to it. And there was so many great songs in there that I would either know, and I was like, oh, this is David Bowie. Or um, I didn't know, and I was like, this is awesome. It was just great music. So high recommendation Gordon Lightfoot, David Bowie, check it out.
0: Nice. Love it. Love it. Um, all right, so for my next piece, Ben, um, I'm going to go back to kind of film realm, so to speak. Um, so we know that uh, Warner Brothers basically announced that they're releasing their entire slate of films for 2021 on HBO Max exclusively. Yes, yes, so yes, yes. big deal because that means we're getting a lot of content, um, which I am, some of which I'm looking forward to, others I'm like, well, yeah, we'll see it. Others I'm like, I've got nothing else to do, so I know I'm going to watch it. But uh, one, one trailer that we got this week uh, was the uh, King Kong versus Godzilla movie. And, Ben, have you seen this trailer yet?
1: I just watched it with the kid today.
0: So, I'm going to tell uh, you. Here's my hot take.
1: I, I want to hear think- your hot take on this. If, I'm, I'm so curious. I'm so take.
0: curious. I don't even know if this is a hot take at this point. I don't know. It just looks stupid. And I'm so angry because I love I love Godzilla, I love King Kong, I love the idea of big monsters fighting, and yet we have been disappointed year after year after year after year with just movies that don't live up to snuff. And no.
1: they this make great whole, trailers though.
0: They make great trailers. <laughs> but this entire series starting with the godzilla movie with brian cranston and um and also elizabeth uh olsen and and everybody like that um up through the king kong movies and trying to build this like mini universe of films has just been so bad uh and it just got me so angry because you know it just they've just done it completely the wrong way and yeah, when you add this to the Pacific Rim disasters, I'm like, I just want giant kaiju fighting each other and just let them go, let them fight. Let's just go into it. Why do we need to have any of these big creatures connect with children? Like, why like in the trailer they, they make this big deal about this little girl who can connect with Kong? Where the hell has she been for like the past like movie that he was in?
1: <laughs>
0: like, are you serious? Um and, like, I just know that we're going to spend, like, more time with the human oh, characters talking. Just talking, talking about the monsters rather than just letting the focus be on the monsters fighting. That's all I want. And, um, like, the first Godzilla movie, I think they, they, they did a – I saw a thing where they did a counter uh, with the movie. He's on screen for, like, 21 minutes of a oh. almost two-hour movie. <laughs> Um, oh, it is co-
1: longer. It was a long movie. That was like 215 uh, or something. It was a long ass. The movie. call
0: movie wasn't great. Then you had Godzilla, King of Monsters, which was also very long. But then, like, had monsters not doing anything. It just, I just want a good. Like, th- th- what was missing from this this series once again was a Kevin Feige type person who was like running the show, like making sure each of these movies you know progresses a storyline makes it interesting and yet they they fail every time so um I'm not happy no it looks it looks goofy I just want this thing to be over um Ben your thoughts <laughs>
1: <laughs> no I mean I saw a trailer and like it, it, it was just I don't know. I I just Chris I, I don't know what the, the the answer to this is I know it's too expensive, but I just hate CGI. I hate it. <laughs> I just hate I hate it when it's just, I don't know. I just hate it when it's the main focus of the movie. I hate it. I feel like I'm watching Birdemic or something like that. I just feel like it's just, oh, we're going to talk here, and then we're going to walk here, and then, oh, my God, there's this thing, and then we're going to talk here, we're going to walk here. Oh, my God, there's this thing. It just keeps happening. It's so stupid. And I just, it's so fakey. I might as well take close my eyes and take a nap when there's like, when it's all, when you cut to something, when you cut to an actor and they're looking up at some light, it's like, all right, I could just hear the director going, okay, all right, give me more tears, oh, but but you're happy now. Okay, you're wrapped. Okay, that's a wrap for her. Like, like is it like a, a day of work for all the actors? And then they just cut to this screen that is all CGI. And I'm like. It might as well be a cartoon at that point. Actually, a cartoon would be better. I feel I get the feels when I watch like anime, like Ghost in the Shell, more than I, a, stupid CGI thing. You know what I mean? I just, right. it, it. I just go to sleep. Like yeah. and like you said, Kevin Feige is the only one. Marvel's the only one where, you actually care about like what. Oh, so speaking of, you guys were watching Endgame. We were watching uh, Guardians of the Galaxy yesterday, and um, uh, that movie it just keeps getting funnier and funnier. That movie's awesome. And then now you know the characters from beyond that. You get the feels more. It's a great movie that just keeps getting better and better. And that movie, you have as much fun when the characters are bantering back and forth, even more fun than the actual action. Actually, the action gets in the way of them, like, making fun, you know, Rocket and, like, (laughs) you know, Drax and yelling at each other. You're laughing the whole time. It's just a great flick. And, yeah, Chris, it's like. All right, you're. We're here for the the kaiju fighting each other, but then like it's just boring. It's just <laughs> I hate it, I hate it.
0: So yeah. So needless to say, uh, I, we're not we're not uh, big on this movie. And who knows? Maybe I'll be surprised, and maybe it'll be amazing and brilliant. But I just I, I'm I'm done not. being <laughs> exactly. I'm just done being uh, disappointed. And again, like you know how much thought and effort they're putting into this movie. Series, um, by you know the people that they put in charge of it. So like, this movie is being directed by the same guy who directed like all the VHS horror films, which were terrible. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, like the Blair Witch twenty sixteen like reboot, which was terrible. Like,
1: oh, I never watched that. You watched
0: that? Oh, it was awful. Um, <laughs> so like, great. So you're taking a director who's only done terrible things, and you're making him in charge of what is apparently supposed to be your Infinity War of this series. And I could not be less interested or more. Interested. I, I don't even know the terminology. I,
1: <laughs> Man, it's messing with your brain.
0: It's messing with my brain. So needless to say, uh, we'll see what happens, but I'm not looking forward to it. And when you add this to the fact that I found out in the same commercial where they started announcing like all the projects that are coming out on HBO Max, that the, the title of matrix 4 is just going to be called matrix um i my head exploded like i really
1: <laughs>
0: we're calling the matrix 4 matrix um i am I'm just i'm done I'm done
1: i like I how hate, they went I hate, they went with the uh, fast and furious <laughs> yeah i
0: can't i can't stand the Warshawski sisters uh, as filmmakers um, oh. they're terrible filmmakers um
1: what mm-hmm. happened? I don't understand that. I don't You know, know the how problem. How do you go from like how do you go from like being like the it. they're going to be the fucking Orson Welles of sci-fi to like <laughs> the worst <laughs> thing ever? Like, do you remember that hype man? I I know you remember. You were there. We well, all had that DVD, the Matrix. We watched the behind the scenes I was like this is so freaking cool. Oh yeah. Oh. And
0: then the Matrix Reloaded came out, and I was like, "Okay, this was a step backwards." All
1: right, but like maybe right. they'll, maybe they'll, they'll,
0: they'll, you know, land, they'll land, they'll fix, they'll stick the landing on the Matrix Three. Nope, that didn't right. work. That right. was awful. And then, CGI madness. Like Speed Racer came out, and you're like, "Oh my god, what the hell is this?" And then they did that. What, what was it called? What was the like,
1: Tom Hanks one? What was, what was that? Oh one?
0: god! That,
1: oh, Skyfall oh, or something?
0: What the? Fuck? What oh the
1: fuck? my god! Hold on, wait. I gotta, <laughs> That movie was t- Sky, sub Skyrim. Sky. Rim,
0: sky- yeah. <laughs> hold on. I like, I like how we're going. I like these.
1: I, like, I love these loopholes that we go down. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, f- flight gosh, of the Navigator. Um, <laughs>
0: flight, <laughs> hold on.
1: Flight, Flight Bumble. Flight of the Bumblebee.
0: All, All right, right. So, so Ben here. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you <laughs> two more chances. Let's go. Let's go down a journey. Okay. So, you got the Matrix. Yep. Then you get The Matrix loaded.
1: Well, let's start. Wait, wait. Let's start with Bound. i us start with Bound. Not a bad movie. let Bound. Not a bad movie. Independent movie. If that's your indie movie, these guys, that's that's what everyone was saying. These guys are the new and what. Well- this is going to be they're The new Cohen brothers. Yep. I remember after Bound. I remember that comparison. These guys are the new Cohens, And you watch that movie. You're like, oh, shit. Yeah, this is crazy. These
0: new flick, right? Yeah. Um, then you get The Matrix. Then you get the Matrix Reloaded, where you're like, uh, okay, all right, we'll see. All right, what you happen. just got
1: to keep the series
0: going. You get it's it. Terrible. You're like,
1: okay. Yeah, right. Stick
0: landing. Matrix Revolutions.
1: Oof. Yeah.
0: Terrible ending. Um, Speed Racer. What the hell is this? Uh, Cloud Atlas. That's the Tom Hanks Holly well That's
1: what it was. Cloud Atlas.
0: <laughs> ben, I kid you not, I was high when I watched that movie. and I still knew yeah. it was terrible. Um, I, then you I had.
1: I. I are you sure it wasn't the movie making you feel that way?
0: <laughs> then you have... Like uh,
1: Halle Berry's in that, right?
0: Yep, Halle Berry, Tom Hanks. I couldn't tell you what the movie's about, and I watched it. I don't movie.
1: even know. And then it's like sci-fi, and then he's flying or something. Oh, it's so stupid. It's so stupid.
0: And then you got Jupiter Ascending, which is the goofiest Ooh. movie you've ever seen. I, I had to watch that movie because I lost a bet. <laughs> I have
1: never seen that. You had to watch that show? I had to, that, was I lost, I, I, that was a bet. That was a bet. I said, I'd rather I lose a hundred bucks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I lost a bet and the, the, the stipulation was the, whoever won the bet could pick the Punishment movie for me to watch oh. and they picked Jupiter Ascending. And they, said,
1: <laughs> that is they brutal. said,
0: you were going to hate this movie. And sure enough, I hated that movie. Um, they were at the M. Night Shyamalan level of why are we giving them money to make movies? Like, why... What what have they done to prove themselves worthy of a multi-million budget? Because
1: people, you know what? All right, we're giant movie nerds, right? We're, we're giant nerds. And, you know, when you say someone's name, for a couple of us, you're a theater nerd. You can do theater, too. But for movies, we can just go like, oh, this guy messed up this movie. He messed up this movie, but he did good in this one, this one. So I'll watch the trailer. Maybe it'll be okay. But people, they like that name rocket recognition. And I just think people have, like, it's kind of like, when your dad just references like the same like 80s movies from like 1986 and that's it it's like oh Bruce Willis he did Die Hard he's like yeah but he did a slew of shitty movies since (laughs) that like he didn't just do Die yes he's John McClane but yeah like have you watched the last like straight to video like nonsense he was you know he put out so I think people like that name recognition and you pay these people for their name you know
0: right I just it's like the I mean,
1: it's just it's like oh, we're gonna make a Wonder Woman movie. Sweet. Well, we gotta pay DC all this money because people love Wonder Woman. Yes, they do. But then it's like the worst Wonder Woman movie of all time, and they're gonna pay another hundred mil for her to come back. Oh terrible,
0: terrible. So anyway, I, I'm I, anyway, yeah. I can't I can't keep going down this all because I'll lose my mind. got
1: oh oh, well, we're we're about to with my third story.
0: Oh, let's do it. What do you got?
1: This is a fantastic segue We share a brain sometimes, Chris It's just wild I, I think people just think we're lying When we say we don't share our stories <laughs> um, Coming to America trailer Premiered last night <laughs>
0: Coming to oh. America 2 Okay, yep
1: um, I heard the other day That it is going to be PG-13 Ooh. Now The best part of the first movie is the swearing right i remember distinctly being young and being like i shouldn't be watching this movie there's nudity There's swearing but still you couldn't deny the funniness of it and and it's not like i need gratuitous gratuitous amounts of swearing but it fits in that movie you have you know prince Hakim, who's like a prince he's like from zamunda <laughs> he's like you know very like regal and he's very like polite and you have Queens, New York, where people are just swearing at him all the time. It's the funniest thing ever in the movie. It's, it's the reason why the movie is, like, as funny as it is. And I don't know, Chris. I can't... Eddie Murphy. These people have these kids. I think Eddie has, like, 11 kids now. You know, between Eddie Murphy and George Lucas having kids, they've just ruined movies for the past 30 years. <laughs> because they can't... Oh, we can't have uh, someone's hand get cut off in this Star Wars movie. We've got to make it PG, make it about kids, because my kids are gonna love it. Or, oh, we can't have swearing and coming to America too, because my kids want to go to the theaters with me. Uh, what? Fuck you, Eddie. Uh, God damn it, Chris. <laughs> That's my hot take right there. You like that take? Well, it's I'm like, out. It's I'm like out already.
0: He comes back with Dolomite, which was freaking brilliant. Oh.
1: Freaking brilliant! And, I'm like,
0: here, Eddie's back. Eddie's back, and I'm like, I'm ready for give me R-rated Eddie again, and like, because this is the, he is one of those guys that thrives when he can just let loose and do his thing, and um, we just haven't seen a lot of that. And I remember, and first of all, sequels to comedies almost never work. They almost never work.
1: Yeah, I uh, think of one that worked
0: because you're relying yeah. on gags from the previous right. one, and. It's just like telling a joke twice. Like, <laughs> okay, right? Cares?
1: Where like like horror movie sequels work because, like in Scream Two, they they tell you you just kill double the people and do it even even horror more horrible ways. And right? You just want to watch that, like like Evil Dead versus Evil Dead Two. I mean, the jump is out of control. <laughs> like <laughs> like <laughs> set the blood in Evil Dead Two is not even close. So it's like that works, but yeah, co- I can't even think of like a comedy. I mean, I do love bogus journey from Bill and Ted's that's good, but, well, yeah,
0: there, but see, the the thing about that was they went on a completely different.
1: That's true. They didn't go back in time and and do the whole thing again.
0: Right. It was, it was, it was life and death at that point. So, um, yeah, it's just, I, I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I didn't hear the clamor for him to return to this property. I mean, the, the first movie is, is damn near perfect. Um,
1: yeah, there's not a scene I would, you know, and the scenes that were slow back in the day are phenomenal because, my phenomenal God, now. Eric LaSalle, yeah. <laughs> his mustache and hair are so outrageously funny. Even when he's on screen, he is one of the best bad guys in movie history. He is such a sleaze in that movie. It's so phenomenal.
0: I, and, like, even guys who aren't, like, comedians, I like John Amos in that movie,
1: Oh, when he,
0: when he finds out who Prince Akeem is... When they're over at the house, It's freaking hilarious! He's oh, hilarious.
1: What is he? Oh, the hot dog weenies, and these oh my god! I love-
0: and then Samuel L. Jackson cameos the the robber. I mean, up and down that movie is ridiculously good. I mean, I I again, I've seen it fifty times. I never get.
1: I've seen it a hundred times. I mean, I could probably recite it if we just went through it. It's just, and then, you know what happened? It's just, you know what happened? Is he started having these kids? I mean, yeah. I hate to wish someone not to have kids. I hate to say this, but like. The second he had kids, what did he come out with? Oh, well, I like the coming to America part where I got to dress as other people. Great, let's make something like that. And the Nutty Professor came out, and that movie is a hunk of shit and <laughs> it's just terrible. And it just got worse. It like Norbit, and it just got worse and worse and worse. It's just you know, ugh. I mean, Ben, I,
0: I kid you. I, I hear true story. When my wife and I were planning our wedding, I made a serious lobby. To have her come down the aisle to that guy singing in the beginning of the movie, it was like she's your queen. I was the like, queen, me. <laughs> can you please come down the aisle to that? That we'll just we'll just play that track. And she's like, absolutely not, your queen. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm.
1: I'm. <laughs> um, I could go upstairs right now and ask Katie that. That's uh, I, that conversation could be over in five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: again, I, I can't stand PG thirteen, PGG. Anywhere Murphy. It's, it's like, what? <laughs> I, I, nowadays I'm comparing everything to seeing Batman in daylight. Um, right. so it's like, it's like, that's like seeing Batman in daylight. I just,
1: I, can't. <laughs> oh, I like that. Batman in the daylight. Dude, I can see your nipples. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh,
1: oh my God. Yeah. I just, you know, yeah, I think, and you know what, you know, the reason why you can't hang with PG 13 comedies anymore, Chris, it's because, of the first Coming to America. When was the first time you saw Coming to America, Chris? Oh, God.
0: Probably
1: when I, I was 11, 12. Yeah. Oh, I, I saw it way before that. I'm going to say it was, <laughs> I mean, my parents had the HBO. So they had this, you know, taped off HBO library.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm going to say I put that in. I was just sitting around the house. Probably eight or nine. <laughs> nice. Well, and I so since, I... since that, I need that amount of swearing in my comedy movies.
0: Before. Oh, yeah. Well that's that's why I miss like Blockbuster video and things like that cuz I would see like I remember seeing Coming to America probably like on TBS on like a Sunday afternoon and it was obviously the edited version and I was like, "Hmm, this isn't working. I got to go." I got to go to Blockbuster and get the uh the yeah,
1: you got to see it. You got to yeah. see the real deal.
0: You got to see the real deal. So, anyway, good stuff, man.
1: Yeah, um, uh, yeah, so I'm I mean, but on the same note, so those those trailers I'm out. Um but there was one trailer or, I don't know if I've seen the trailer, but they show a clip of, uh, was it, Judas and the Black Messiah?
0: Mm-hmm. With a guy from that.
1: Atlanta and stuff. I, I don't know if there's a trailer out, but that looked like cra- I, It looks like the story of the Black Panthers or something. I don't know what is going on in that. But did you see, um, uh, th- oh, what was the name of the movie? Uh, th- thank you for calling or something like that? Or, um, were the guys the telemarketer? Oh, did you I see that.
0: Not yet. Not yet. No.
1: Oh, okay. So the guy, oh my God. I'm doing this, hold on. I'm doing this terrible disservice to this guy. I forget his name, but he's only been in like a couple movies. But he's from the show Atlanta. And he's great on the show. Hold on. I'll I'll, I'll look it up. I gotta look it, gotta look it up, Chris. Lakeef Lakeith Stanfield. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, sorry to bother you. Did you see that movie? Yes. He he, he played the guy in uh Get Out <laughs> that, yep. that tells him to get out. Um but so, you saw Sorry to Bother You?
0: Yeah, queer movie.
1: <laughs> that movie where there's horsemen? <laughs> They're breeding horsemen <laughs> or something like that. It was out of control. But he's well. in this movie called Judas and the the Black Messiah. It looks awesome. So I, I don't know what that is, but they bought the whole slew of movies. So we'll see if the, it pays off. Hopefully HBO didn't pay a lot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we shall see. We shall see. Uh, well, I didn't have anything else, Ben, but did you have anything else? Oh before go oh. into
1: youtube and uh you know what chris i really quick, I just had a like a really quick one I'm glad go you on. just gave me um so there was a great um so katie katie can't and I go through the true crime docs that's our that's, that's our awesome. bonding we we got some we got we got major bonding points chris you know in this relationship of ours we got nineties r and b we got horror movies and then true crime documentaries just that's that's me and her we can just do that all day Excellent. um but um Night Stalker, the Night Stalker uh, documentary came oh, out yeah. on Netflix. Uh, really good. Uh, and it's actually catching a lot of flack because, I mean, it's extremely graphic. They show a lot of crime scenes. They have a couple blurs here and there, but it's pretty much the crime scene. It's pretty brutal. Um, and then they mentioned towards the end of it um, how these women were sending him fan mail during his trials and stuff like that. Oh, geez. And, and just so weird and stuff. And, you know, I don't think they, they just have to present that. So the director of the series just said, you know, it's, this is a thing that really happens. We we just have to say that people were sending him fan mail and naked pictures to his cell and stuff like that. And, would always show like these groupies would show up to like the courtroom and just weird stuff. And I thought that they presented it. Well, you just have to present that it's it's that's what happens with these weird guys. Um, Ted Bundy, same thing happened. And it's just very bizarre and he caught a lot of flack for it, but I thought the series was great for someone that watches a lot of true crime serial killer stuff. I I thought it was fascinating. And so Chris, if you haven't seen this yet, there are, there are facts of this case That are so outrageous, and the way this guy was captured is so crazy, that you gotta watch it, dude. Great, high recommendation.
0: Nice, excellent. Let's go YouTube, my friend. What do you got,
1: baby? All right, all right. Here we go. Well, like I said, um, that if you can find that Bowie performance somewhere, I could not. While we were on, I couldn't find the Gary Oldman singing that shit. Um, So that was my big one, but now it's gone. So that's that's bullshit. Oh, let me talk about this. So, Chris, have you seen uh, The Weeknd's music videos?
0: A little bit here and there, yeah.
1: Okay. So they have the Blinding Lights video. And he has another one after that. But then there's a video called Save Your Tears. Another great song off the album. I knew the song because I've listened to the album a couple times. Um, and so this video is so weird. So The Weekend Save Your Tears. It's another person in full prosthetic make- makeup playing him singing the song. And it looks like really messed up plastic surgery on top of his face. (laughs) Like someone's doing like almost like the Michael Jackson guy that, you know, shaped his head like Michael Jackson. Like it looks like that. It's really weird. These videos are so bizarre. The Blinding Lights video, his face is covered in blood. And if you saw him on Sariant Live, he actually sang with the bandage across his nose with blood on his face and it's just really wild stuff. So I'm hoping that this Super Bowl halftime show with the weekend is gonna be wild like that. He's it's almost like a performance art. It's a little kind of David Lynchy kind of weird videos, but I love that he's doing something different. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I'm yeah. so tired of just you know, I got this pop song. Here's the pop song. Let's sell some records. Like I just like how he's doing something crazy. And I'm a big fan of this guy. I hope he just keeps doing weird stuff. Like he was in Uncut Gems. He was phenomenal in that movie. <laughs> Him playing himself as like an asshole. Like he's like, I can't sing without a black light in here. Just so great. Uh, so Chris, that's my YouTube. I want check out the weekend videos because he's singing the Super Bowl in two weeks. So
0: Oh, there you go. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, I got a couple things. Um, so the first is let me just pull this up here. Um Ga- an account called Gamma Ray, uh it's one word, G-A-M-M-A. Uh they do um these really nicely edited um kind of compilation videos of showing like live reactions of people watching certain shows like Mandalorian, the Walking Dead, um Stranger Things and stuff like that. Uh, but they basically have an entire um playlist of them watching the season of Mandalorian and um, oh, I
1: see it right here. Oh, wow.
0: It's a lot of fun to watch because uh, you could basically almost watch the entire episode with people reacting to it, but um, <clears throat> it, they show, like, when certain lines are dropped or things like that, they, they show certain people's reactions um, and it, it kind of just reaffirms the things that you love about the show. Like, hey, I love that that moment and there are people that freaked out at that moment, so to speak. So, Just, I love watching those types of videos where you're just watching other people truly love um, the property that you love as well. So, Gamma Ray, they do all these different shows. They do the boys, they do the whole thing with the boys. Um, Definitely check it out. And then there's an actual Twitter account that you should check out. Uh, It's at pitching ninja. So, pitching just as in pitching a ball, ninja, one word. But they've got some great videos and breakdowns of uh, pitchers throwing. Certain types of balls and things like that, and they, they just put up this one tweet I think it was like when did they put this up literally nine hours ago, of, oh I see
1: him I'm right here uh, yeah of
0: Greg Maddox throwing his two seamer fastball, which yeah. there are very few times like TV doesn't really you don't catch this a lot you don't see the movement of a pitch a lot on TV um, because there's you it's know, distance the way the camera works, but in the video here, you can really see how the ball is moving when Maddox throws the ball. And if if you can see the movement from the camera, my God, what would that have looked like um, in person? I can't even imagine. But um, I just love watching that because Greg Maddox growing up was one of my favorite pitchers uh, to watch. I just yeah, thoroughly really loved uh, the way he, he put through a game.
1: Awesome. Um, so, yeah. Oh, that's sweet. Love, yeah, I just subscribed to both of those. That's sweet. There you
0: go. So if you love baseball, if you love uh, watching, just like learning the science of pitching, Things like that. Yeah. Follow Pitching Ninja. Cause they do some really awesome uh, breakdowns. So, um, rock and
1: big, roll, bro. Rock and roll. 2021. Let's go. 2021 let's with your shitty trailers. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> man, man. man.
0: <laughs> Anything else before we sign off?
1: Uh, you know what? You know, damn the torpedoes. Damn these uh, new trailers. People need to go back and start watching some cool old stuff. We're going through Doctor Who right now with the kiddo, and he absolutely loves it. He's seven. He's right in that perfect age. So there's plenty of old content that's great. I know that I I haven't seen all the Doctor Whos. I know our, our friend Lynette is a giant Doctor Who head, so I can't. I can't wait to go through the whole thing with him. We got to the Daleks and he was like loving it. So they're upstairs watching that right now. I'm going to head up and watch an episode. So, you know, get to that old content. You know what I mean? There's yeah. so much out there. We don't have to watch new stuff. I hate, let's watch this new thing and then burn through it. And we got to find out who's who. And I hate that stuff. So, Chris, enjoy the old content. That's what there
0: I got to say. Go. I agree. I agree. All right, folks. Well, you can listen to this podcast and all of our podcasts the Onstage Blog Podcast Network, onstageblog.com. You can also follow us on Facebook by looking up Desperately Seeking entertainment so do give us a like on facebook because we do post up um, a lot of stuff on there but we will see you here uh, next time on desperately seeking entertainment see you next week folks
1: bye